about Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm, maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's five o'clock for us on a Sunday right now. Welcome to Who Cares? I can't believe it's five o'clock. Spring forward, baby. It really mixes you up. Yeah. <laughs> it really mixes you up. And if you're mixed up, you're like, well, what am I listening to? Well, this is the Who Cares <laughs> podcast. Uh-huh. That's my wife over there, Ross. Hi. That's Patrick, my husband. Yep. And in her lap is our baby girl, Peggy, who is not a human, a no. dog. She's a fur baby. Yeah, yeah, we got a fur baby. Mm, just love my fur baby. Actually, I was telling a man, another grown man last night about how getting a dog softened my heart to the possibility of having a child. And as that phrase came out of my mouth, I was like, what am I saying to this guy? <laughs> I barely know him. You're like, you know what it is about my dog? <laughs> she softened my heart. To having a baby. Which is what I knew the whole time. Uh, I mentioned the time of day because we were just saying off mic that it's five o'clock and neither one of us has brushed our teeth yet today. Showered, brushed our teeth, nothing. Yeah, we Pigs. are full chilling today. Well, I wish I was just chilling. <laughs> I'm just... You're not chilling so much. As just like pacing in circles, yeah. doing menial tasks, getting scared about money. All sorts of fun stuff that are not chill. Not chill. Not really like conducive to a restful Sunday. Not productive either, really. No, not particularly. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. I don't want to take any productivity away from you, but uh, certainly not, you know, ideal uh, mental health productivity, Mm. right? Yeah. So anyway, here's a case of the worries. Yeah. I got a case of the worries (laughs) that's expected to last about another 20 years from what I understand about fatherhood. No, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing that. Uh, but this is a very special episode. Uh, I, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, we have a child coming in June. There's lots to worry about. Money <laughs> has been a topic on our podcast for the last few episodes. So of course that's a little bit what I'm worried about. Uh, and just, you know, stuff's going on. And, uh, yeah, so this episode is a first in what I hope will be like a nice little series of interviews where I go and I interview other dads about how to be a dad. Yeah. Specifically comedians, no? Or I don't know. you're might open. Be, might be both. Yeah. Like I was saying to you, maybe I got to get my brother on Skype or something. Yeah, I think, it, I, I think it's interesting just to interview dads, all walks of life. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's what we're going to do later. But first, Ross and I will check in a little bit about what's been going on with us. Let's check in. And, uh, and then we're going to cut to a great interview with this awesome comic named Glenn Tickle. Uh, who Is I got that to his meet. last name? That's his real last name, <laughs> yeah. His first album is called Yes, Really. <laughs> so it's Glenn Tickle, Yes, Really. Mr. and Mrs. Tickle, huh? I think she took his last name. I'm not quite yeah, sure. Yeah, let's not assume. Yeah. Uh, but he's very funny. He's got lots of fun jokes about having that last name uh, on his album. And yeah, I was on tour this week doing a bunch of colleges, driving hundreds and hundreds of miles all over New York State and Pennsylvania. I listened to that album. I thought about 
because uh, I, I was going to interview him, and then I interviewed him in a Econo Lodge motel room in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, while I was wow. all alone out there going oh. from gig to gig. That same day, it was such a nice conversation I had with him in the morning. And then I had to like fill up my afternoon. Uh, so I, I, I had these, this big vision of like, I'm going to go right. I'm going to prepare for my gig tonight, but I had to check out of my room and I couldn't find like a good, like I wanted to find a Barnes and Noble to just sit and write in or a public library. And there just were none near where I was. So I, not near your O'Connell lodge. No. <laughs> so long story short, I ended up at a books a million location, which is a bookstore. I take it. It's like a sad, uh, Barnes and Noble. Never heard of it. No Wi-Fi connection. Oh brother. And I just got ups- like annoyed and upset and I ended up going out in the parking lot and taking a nap in the car in the rain. This is very, it's like a very sad. It's getting sadder by the minute. So I thought Econo Lodge was like where the sadness kept. <laughs> yeah. But no, no. But then I, I went and I found a, a a meeting to go to to uh, be around other humans, and Good. it was it was great. Uh, Which thank God we have that as an option. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you could have just taken it straight to the McDonald's drive-through or something, but you were like, you know what? I'm an alcoholic. There's mm-hmm. meetings for this. Let me go talk to some people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I figured we could check in about what it was like. So I left on Sunday and came back late, late Thursday, basically mm-hmm. Friday morning. So I was gone for, I guess that's five days. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, I've signed up for this life as a traveling clown. And uh, <laughs> just to be clear, He's not actually a traveling clown, which would be some next level <laughs> sadness. If you started, if you went to clown school and started like, I have that big weathered piece of luggage that I just <laughs> I come home with, and it's got like, like a little bit of the wig popping out the side, yes. like a big floppy tie on the other side. Yes. Just the hint of like a large toe of a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> or no, you have those on still because you just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no offense to clowns. I know clowning is a very challenging performance art, uh, but the visuals killing me right now. Um, I don't know any clowns. Smoking a cigar. But I'm sure my mom knows some fucking clowns, <laughs> some puppeteers and clowns. Uh, what was your question? How was the week for you? Did you miss me? Yes, of course I missed you. Uh, could you imagine I was on that trip while you had a baby in your arms? Uh, yes, but, uh, I would have to call in some form of help probably. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to work as much. Yeah. And, but, we're not, and we're not there yet. Like I did, No, we're not there yet. Uh, I did take a gig for August at a college uh, when the baby will be here. Mm-hmm. And we had a quick, we already talked about this, didn't we? Yeah, we told the people, but yeah. I mean, who, you know, whatever. So that was like, all right, say yes to that one gig, but that'll be a 48 hours at most absence, probably. Uh, but yeah, this week, uh, it was for me, it was just about getting out there, doing the gigs, making some money for the family. Uh, 
And, uh, and yeah, just, you know, just trying to envision what life will be like when, you know, when the child does get to a certain age, I guess Mm -hmm. there will be, I'll be able to go on trips like that, but I want to, she'll be in school eventually. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I figure, uh, I don't know. I just figured I'd unpack what, uh. How that was. I don't know. It was lonely out there. And uh, honestly, yeah, I felt like more bad for you because like I had Peggy. I'm like in our home comfortable. Like I'm interacting with my like normal life humans. Like, of course, I'm missing you, but everything else is like status quo. Yeah. But I know it's like weird for you, like out on the road in these like weird towns you've never been to staying in fucking motels trying to work at books a million, you know, (laughs) like I was more just like, how's he doing out there? I, the ideal situation is when I'm in one place for a weekend doing the Friday and Saturday shows. Yeah. Uh, that's great because you can chill and like use Saturday day to like work out or go to meetings or whatever. But this was like every day I had to get up and drive hundreds of miles to the next thing. And you had two weeks in a row of, of that kind of vibe yeah, yeah. too. And this is for the school show that is not just pure stand up. It's like, you know, my show about alcoholism and recovery and, uh, which I love, but it's like, you know, I'd rather, I wish these were just headlining gigs where I could just be totally free on stage. So, you know, well, I'm in I'm- my head creatively and like, uh, you know, just, uh, but also down the road, I mean, since you do make decent money on those gigs, that it that might be an opportunity too. Or it's like maybe we would come with you, you know. Yeah. And if that didn't stress you the fuck out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like since you're making decent money, then I wouldn't necessarily have to work. And then it could be like mm-hmm. a family thing if that made like financial sense and yeah. wouldn't drive you crazy to have a baby on the road. You're like, do I want to be lonely or do I want to be bothered? That's something you Mm. have to, you'll have to weigh out. (laughs) Well, that's what was fun talking to Glenn. He brought his seven year old, seven year old along with him. Oh really? uh, For a gig recently. And, uh, it was like a fun little adventure for them to have together. That's cute. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's a great guy and is making it all work as a, as a dad, as a comic. Um, I just had like a fun vision of you like having like a dad and daughter trip mm-hmm. and you're just like me and Fran hitting the road. Yeah. That'd be cute. She appears on his first album on Spotify. If you check out Yes Really by Glenn Tickle on Spotify, there's a delightful, the whole thing's great, uh, but there's a very funny moment of her on stage delivering a joke. That's sweet. Yeah. Because that's what I need to like... I have to come from a place of having this child is going to enhance our life. It's yes. going to like make our life so much better and bigger in all the same ways that Peggy did. Yes. Uh, Cause I always. Even more so one might say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I've always been coming from a place of like, Oh God, this is all just one big responsibility. Like even just sure. you, you know, like <laughs> this relationship. True. She's going to want to move in at some point. 
And she's going to want to get married at some point. It's like enough. The ball and the chain and the dragging me down. Letting him fuck other people. (laughs) What a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Letting him do whatever he wants like an independent person. Can you imagine? Uh, Take my wife. (laughs) Wait, she's busy actually. She has plans with somebody else. Take my wife. She literally lets me be whoever I want to be. (laughs) So annoying. I have pure liberty and freedom. (laughs) Yes, but of course, being in a marriage and deciding to have a child and, you know, sharing a pet, these do all come with financial and emotional responsibilities Mm -hmm. that are different than being single by yourself. But... As you just experienced on the road, how depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also comes with lots of gear. You guys, oh, we went on the hunt for gear yesterday. One hour and bye bye, baby. What a racket. And man, am I over exposed <laughs> to wheels and, uh, wheels and, and folding. Uh, uh, fucking contrapments what is it? contraptions <sighs> contraptments i mean man these contraptments could chop your finger off if you don't fold that thing carefully on a stroller man you're gonna lose a a, a pinky the woman who we spoke to about the particular stroller we're interested in didn't like that joke yeah no she was very serious she was She's not very being bothered by you <laughs> about the what was it the jojo zen the baby zen yo-yo the yo-yo baby zen who's coming up with these names i mean for the love of god yeah but yeah imagine you chop off your finger in a stroller and years later somebody's like how old's your kid and you're like oh they're 10 and you put up your hands and it's only nine <laughs> She's 10 it's years a old. Yeah. It's a nub. Nine and a half. Pardon me. She's the full 10, but I lost a finger in a baby Zen yo-yo incident. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I think. maxi cozy. I think eventually we were having fun with it and we were like making decisions and that felt good, but it is a fucking racket. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. And. It feels like a necessary racket, which I don't know how true that is, but. It's the baby industrial complex. Oh my God. I I was telling my mom how at Bye Bye Baby, they have stroller reps Mm -hmm. that are only there on the weekends just to talk about whatever particular stroller brand they're from. And my mom was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) And we saw the Cybex sales guy definitely peacocking for customers, which I mean, (laughs) so, so yeah, we had some questions with him. About the Cybex, uh, which is like a car top, seat, which is like a top of the line model. Like the the what's it called? Strollers are really expensive. Yeah. Like I think they all were like around nine hundred or a thousand dollars or yeah, some ridiculous yeah. thing. But we were looking at the car seat by Cybex that happens to fit the Yo Yo Baby Zen. <laughs> so we have questions for him. He's pretty good as a sales guy. Whatever. And then uh, as we're leaving, we notice that he's not chatting with anybody. So I definitely believe this was a peacocking move sure. where he wanted to sales move to uh, create visibility for himself. He's just strolling one of his strollers over the test track. There's, there's a, a test a, terrain. There's test terrain <laughs> in Bye Bye Baby where you can feel what those wheels are doing on grass, what they're doing on cobblestone, what uh. they're doing on brick. 
and he's going over this test track repeatedly by himself. Nobody's paying any attention no, to him. No. And I'm like, surely he's not just getting a feel for his gear. <laughs> he's just trying to create a moment so he's people come over and moments. chat. But I guess that's good. I mean, what else are you going to fucking do? Yeah. Being in the basement of Bye Bye Baby on 7th Avenue all day. Yeah. What were some of those shirts that we saw that we were just like, oh, like something, something daddy, one of them Well, said. it's like there's like daddy's, I mean, I'm sure there was a daddy's little girl somewhere, but we held up a bib that said, uh, feed me and tell me I'm pretty, mm. which was pink, of course, mm-hmm. because you're not going to tell boys they're pretty. Mm-mm. What are you, insane? Mm-mm. Um. Yeah, just so many graphics, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I and I will make this announcement formally here on the podcast. Not interested in graphics. Mm-mm. Okay, I love prints. Love a print. Mm-hmm. Love a cute print. Some you know some weird animals all over the place. A stripe, a polka dot. Give me a print, mm-hmm. okay? Because what I love prints in my life. I I love wearing printed clothes. But I don't need my daughter making any sort of formal announcements through mm-hmm. her clothes. Yeah. Okay. I just don't. I'm trying to remember what those were. I wish I took some fucking pictures because there were some borderline oh, reprehensible ones. Well, oh, the, the, um, I like big ducks and I cannot lie. Yeah. That was oh. uncomfortable. Yeah. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just like. It's like, that's a dick joke, right? Well, I like big butts and I cannot lie is from yeah. the song. But yeah, yes, but I mean, ducks but is, ducks so close is close to dicks. dicks. And yeah, I mean, it's like butts, dicks. Like there is so much like creepy underlying sexualization going on mm-hmm. that people are just like, that's so funny and cute. And it's like, wake up lemmings. Okay. <laughs> this shit is creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, we had some laughs about that. <laughs> we had some judgy laughs. We did a pass through the clothes, and I was just like, this is all trash. Cribs, bassinets. Bassinets are just tiny cribs. <laughs> I should have just put on a shirt and become the sales guy, like the independent sales guy for the crib section. Oh I'll be like, God. these are cribs. These are beds for babies. And then we have bassinets, which are also beds for babies. They're just smaller. They're just tiny cribs. And actually, technically... Your baby is not supposed to sleep in that overnight, but most people do let their baby sleep in there overnight. <laughs> also, uh, we have a travel crib, which folds up and you're going to need that if you're going to go anywhere because you can't bring your crib. So gear up. Okay. Did you want to use a blanket? Did you want to use a pillow? Oh, Don't put it in there with the baby. No, they'll baby kill themselves. will suffocate. <laughs> they'll kill themselves. Have you learned how to swaddle yet? You're going to need to know how to swaddle. Gonna need you to Velcro it up or fold it up. Take a lesson. Don't kill your baby. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Oh yeah, and we saw some Patrick Bateman looking character trying on a baby Bjorn. Yeah. Just like dead behind the eyes. Mm-hmm. You can already tell, never gonna connect with his child. Yeah. <laughs> but he's trying on that Bjorn. Yeah, he's that guy is wearing a baby Bjorn, just ice cold blood running through <laughs> his veins. <laughs> Oh, it's just such a surreal experience. Like, I, I just, I guess it's just like 
the type of person I am, I'm just surprised that not everybody is walking through there being like, this is fucking nuts. Mm -hmm. What are we all doing? Mm -hmm. You know, but really nobody else was doing doing that. I felt like everyone was very focused and serious, like looking at the different things that they needed, you know? And we were coming hot off of a business meeting. Mm. Well, we went to a DA meeting. Then we had... It was a busy... It was like a, a an emotionally charged... It was a dense... Task day. It was a dense couple of hours there. Yeah. I was cooked. DA meeting and then a business meeting of just you and I over some... some uh, I, what did I have? I had the winter porridge at LPQ. Excuse me, sir. I'll take the winter porridge. <laughs> did you want to drink... No, thank you. I don't deserve it. Just tap water, sir. If you could keep the water coming. Oh, wow. That porridge looks amazing. And I'm like, I'll have a large bottle of sparkling water and a tartine. Thanks. Uh, can you put some more avo on this, please? Like an extra side of Cornishins, and could you please bust this as soon as I'm done? I'm in the middle of a meeting. Thank you. Did you want anything else, hon? No, thank you. I'm almost done with me porridge. <laughs> In fact, sir, may I have a to-go container? I've got a few bites left that maybe I can eat for later. I've been saving the whipped cream for dessert after I'm done. <laughs> no, you know how that looked like whipped cream? That was the yogurt. It was a dollop of yogurt. Oh, I was like, no, I want... That is misleading. Yeah, yeah. That did look like a big, big scoop of creme fraiche. Anyway... LPQ, getting emotional, talking about money, <laughs> fucking melting down at a French restaurant. Hold my hand. But. It's a chain, so it's not really French. Everything's going to be fine. It is. But money's a drag, man. We all deal with it. All dads. And I'm going to be a dad. I'll figure it out. And I'm going to talk to some people about being a dad. So. Shall we get into this episode? Let's do it. Let's. I mean, let's, we're 20 minutes in, so. Let's hear some experience, strength, and hope from an actual real-life dad. I feel like she's about to pee on that rug. Peg? <laughs> it wouldn't be who cares with Ross and Patrick or who cares about Ross and Patrick if we weren't worried about Peg peeing on something. Yeah. Enjoy the interview, everybody. Uh-huh. Well, welcome to the Econo Lodge in Clark Summit, it's Pennsylvania. Uh, we uh, we did uh, douse the room in alcohol and cleaning supplies so that uh, you don't leave with whatever uh, is festering in this room. But <laughs> I survived the night. Um, but yeah, Glenn Tickle is here in my in my hotel room, Mister Tickle himself. Yeah, uh, it's thank me. you so much. Thank you for having me. Is this your preferred brand of inexpensive uh, hotel? I'm figuring it out yeah. and that might be my, that might be something we need to talk about today. There's uh, been a few, uh, I was in a days in on a trip the other night mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, this isn't good. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I usually, if it's just like a cheap place for the night, I'll get like a red roof in cause yeah. they're usually not disgusting, but then yeah. sometimes they are. Yeah. So 
Yeah, this one isn't horrible. It's not the end of the world. No, but, it's... But, like, it took me, like, 15 minutes. You have in, vaulted ceilings. Yeah. There's, uh, like, exposed beam work. I believe it's, these beams are original uh, original construction dating back to the 1970s. Uh, the the plumbing appears to be also from the 70s <laughs> because I it took me, like, 15 minutes taking a cold shower to figure out that they have the valves attached or the supply attached wrong. So the hot water actually comes out where the cold water should come. So I'm like, I'm now freezing cold and just figuring out how to get hot water. So, uh, so yeah, I should step up my game. Uh, but I'm like, I'm pretty broke and hotels.com is like, you know, it's like, all right, what town am I performing in? Where do I got to get to next? Uh, I can look at the map, see what's like, I think this was $54 for the night. Yeah. Uh, if I were traveling with my wife, there's no way we'd be staying here. Right. But I have such a high tolerance for discomfort and, uh, and right. if, the, if it's not at like, this looks it's dated, but it doesn't look yeah awful. Like I wouldn't, if I pulled up here for the night i wouldn't be that upset i'd be yeah. uh, impressed by the beam work first of all well there's something very like when you pull in through the driveway you, you drive a balcony through sir. the building yeah and it overlooks <laughs> a creek where there have definitely been bodies <laughs> for sure found because yeah. uh, there's a drainage pipe that it goes into and i'm like oh i've seen this on forensic files yeah that's where you hide the body yeah obviously uh and when you drive in through the building, there's the driveway goes underneath the yeah. building and you circle around back. And last night when I arrived, I was like, oh, this is true detective season one. This There's like a scary vibe back here. And then, yeah, Steve, the nosy maintenance man, uh, <laughs> has been like looming, a looming presence all morning. Um, so, yeah, I don't mean to hate on the Econo Lodge <laughs> and Clark Summit, PA. Oh, but uh, it's my first time at an Econo Lodge. Yeah, well, welcome. Uh, you can join. I don't know if you parked in the gold uh, member assigned parking over there. Uh, I parked but, near it. And maybe that's why Steve, like I pulled up and he like approached my car. And yeah. he, can I help you? Well, I, I don't know what you think I would need your assistance with. Yeah. he's he. I got up at eight to hit up the, the continental breakfast over in the lobby. And uh, he, he said, good morning. It was a very pleasant exchange, but it was like three lines too many. Like yeah. I like a, Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm like, Oh, I'm good morning. That's it. That's for all me. You need. But he's like, is everything all right in your room? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. And he's like, uh, breakfast is on. Uh, go get some if you're hungry. <laughs> And I'm like, first of all, nothing's on. I know right. I'm gonna walk in there. It's the clear acrylic case with the breads and the the the. It's gonna whatever. be stale bagels. Yeah. Uh, Not quite ripe melon. Yeah. We've all been there. Right. Well, I don't even want to tell you what I did eat. Uh, well, I'll tell you because uh, this is about. I, I kind of. I wanna, didn't want to know, but now I do. I kind of want to chat about h- how you're road dogging it out there. Yeah. Um, so my road dog breakfast this morning was a toasted English muffin. With as much butter as I could put on, I put two packets of butter on there because I knew I was going to take one of the hard boiled eggs that were available and I sliced that up and crammed it on there and made like a hot, buttery, cold egg sandwich. It's, I mean, innovative, but uh, I disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like I, I like your initiative. I'm so I'm I'm in this place of like, all right, I'm not. Finally, the college gigs are coming in and it's good. Those are good money, but I have to be smart with this money. So how do I make it stretch? And I actually remember two years ago opening for Jacob Williams at a college. We drove up to New Hampshire 
And uh, man, I don't know if this is kind of me to put out there. I'll just say this, that he, he went to the breakfast bar like several times to like stock up. Yeah. I, I think we left with all of the hotel's bananas. And I remember in my head thinking, dude, like bananas are like two bucks at the deli. Just buy bananas when you get home. You can do that. Uh, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I've got to figure out how to pay as little money today on food as I can. So now I grocery shop. Uh, yeah, I'll take an extra banana from the breakfast yeah. bar or whatever. Um, and now here I am doing this hobo breakfast sandwich <laughs> in my hotel room, like just sadly like buttering this English muffin on the TV stand over here, slicing up an egg that was hard boiled. God knows when. Right. Cause I don't think it was this morning. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> um, anyway, I was in a hotel the other night and, uh, the coffee in the lobby was in the breakfast area and they had like the fridge they have all the yogurts and stuff in there in there and there was already like just a container of eggs not even like the egg crate just like kind of a clear tub of a dozen or so yeah. just sit, i'm like they're gonna be there in the morning and i know you can hard boil an egg and it lasts a couple of days probably but yeah. i don't eat them in the best of circumstances right. like it's not a food i enjoy so i'm not gonna roll the dice on overnight hotel right. eggs yeah uh, but yeah, anyway, so you've been doing this a while, over a decade. Yes, barely, uh, but just, just over a, a decade. Congratulations. October. Thank you. What? Yeah, you, you remember the date specifically? Uh, I looked it up only because uh, I started, I've been thinking about starting and then a friend of mine's like, hey, come to this open mic, I'm going to do comedy. And I was like, oh, perfect. That's a great excuse to go to the open mic without having to like commit to doing sure. it myself. Uh, and I went and watched my friend and he bombed and was like, on a ledge. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Just yeah. half the people there bombed. It's nobody cares. Just go back and do it again. And yeah. He's like, no, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll, I'm going to come back in like two weeks. Let me write some jokes uh, and then I'll come back and do it. That's great. And it went fine. Like I didn't kill her. But I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. like this makes sense. So that was October 20, 2009. Yeah. Cool. Uh, congrats on 10 years. Thank uh, you. Are they still doing comedy? Your friend? No. Okay, see, the, this is how it works. It It is like a viral spread. Yeah, uh, my one friend who I met that night is uh, still doing, he he and I went up to Maine the oh, other nice. day. Oh, you're your most recent tour manager. Yes. I've been following you on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, and that's it's been so adorable. I noticed your tour manager hashtag when you brought your older daughter yeah. on the road with you to a college That was gig. her first... Uh, college gig that I brought her on. We went on vacation over the summer to Sesame Place uh -huh. and she's like a little old for it and yeah. it's not a big park. Like it's a long afternoon at best, but yeah. we got four day passes. Uh, or we got passes for the year, but our, the hotel deal was like three nights or something. Yeah. So we were there for way too long. So she was just excited to be in a hotel. Like there was a pool. Oh, she got to sleep best. on the pullout. Yeah. So she, she knows I stay in hotels a lot. She's like, daddy, when can I go yeah. to a hotel again? And I started like looking at shows I had coming up. I'm like, well, it has to be far enough away to justify staying in a hotel, but not so far that like bringing a six year old would be a chore. Too much. Yeah. Uh, so I had a show in Connecticut and it was like a four hour drive and I was like, it's a little long for yeah. her, but like we, we had the whole day to get up there. So well, that's so cool. Broke up the ride. She had a great time. She didn't care at all about the show yeah uh and most of my jokes are about her specifically so right. it's like oh like i don't like they don't really make fun of her but 
she had just turned seven. I'm like, I don't know if she's going to understand the nuance. Right. Of sure. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's making all these people laugh at her. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like, look at my dumb kid. Yeah. It's mostly because she scares me. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I'll just say, uh, check out Glenn Tickle on Spotify, the album. Yes, really. In parentheses, uh, hysterical jokes about being a dad and his three year old at the time. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, came out in 20, 2016. Uh, such a funny album. And, uh, yeah, I loved, I loved how you talked about family and being a dad. Yeah, I uh, love it. And I, I really dig that, um, you do it in a way that, yeah, there's nuance, but there's some darkness to it. Uh, right. there's some twisted humor, well, but nothing, nothing that when she does discover it for herself, that she'll be like, why the hell did my dad talk yeah. about this? That's the, that's super important to me. Yeah. Uh, Cause there've, I, you know, there's tons of comics who talk about their kids, but it's like, Oh, what if, when they hear that, aren't they going to be right. mad at you? Yeah. Or same with a, a partner, like, Oh my, take my yeah. wife, please. Like that whole angle. I get asked a lot why I do so many jokes about my kids. I barely talk about my wife and my act. Yeah. And the answer is like, I, she's nice. I don't have like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, when I talk about my kids, it's cause I find them terrifying. Right. Uh, my wife is just like a, a nice lady usually. Yeah. <laughs> We had a pretty big fight last night, but like, uh -huh. that's fine. It happens. Yeah. We've been married for a while. Yeah. Uh, but no, like she's nice. And I've been trying to do a joke about that point of like, oh, it's hard to write material about my wife. Uh, here's one I've been working on. Don't you hate it when somebody loves and supports you unconditionally? <laughs> right. And right. like, that's not a funny joke. Yeah. And I thought if I framed it that way, it would make it work. And it never does. I was yeah. like, yeah, see, that's yeah. exactly the point. Yeah, uh, that's like a sort of a conundrum Ross and I are in. We, uh, I talk about our marriage very specifically. I talk about our sex life very specifically. Now she's 25 weeks pregnant. Mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously jokes are coming out about that. And, uh, and our podcast is very self-revelatory. And uh, one day our child will have access to it. I mean, everything that exists exists forever essentially yeah. uh we're proud that it's a sex positive podcast we're proud of the lives we're leading but there are i think uh lots of things that uh i hope our child doesn't have to contend with when they're growing up right uh, or have to hear other children say well my mommy found your mommy's podcast and <laughs> she said you know yeah uh so that's something on my mind uh so it seems like you're going about it in a much more wise kind of way. I try like when I recorded the album, my daughter's she tells a joke on it, but she's in the room the whole time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm doing these jokes like in front of her and she was yeah. three at the time. So it's not like she was really understanding most of it. Yeah. Uh, but I brought her up to uh, the, that school in Connecticut and she was she wasn't listening. I mm -hmm. could tell like I did mm -hmm. a couple like tests to see. Yeah. Because some of it I'm like. It I don't think it's mean but she's seven, so she might not understand it. And but I also wanted her to see it. So like, if she did yeah. get upset, I'd be like, okay, well, let's talk about why and what can I do differently. And then like, as a comic, you're like, this conversation will lead to bits. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, somebody asked uh, if. I quote her a lot on like Facebook. Uh, yeah. uh, and people are like, oh, does she really say those things? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Why well, I'm not that creative. Right. Like, right. Uh, if yeah, it's, it's such, it's kind of a cheap device when you could just constantly put words in other people's mouths. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like people do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, 
or if you're watching a comedian, they're like, oh, this guy said this. And then I said, no, you didn't. Yeah, you thought yeah. about it three weeks later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You liar. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I make it a point where if I say my children say something, they it's a direct quote. Yeah. Uh, like I might change details of a story to make a joke work better, but right. Uh, cause if, especially now, like there's a, my daughter has gotten creepy in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So some of the stuff she's saying now is like genuinely scary, uh, and upsetting. <laughs> in, like she, in the whisper. <laughs> yeah. She whispered everything for a while, but she, for a while, uh, was telling us the order. Everyone in our family was going to die. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, it's like I've been doing a bit about it and it's very funny and where do, you, where do you rank? I'm in the middle. Congrats. Which is also part of the bit. I'm like, it happens to be by age or that's her plan. <laughs> but like either way, I've got time to figure it out. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, well, if she hears that joke and then gets upset with me for telling a joke about her, I'm like, you told me. When everyone's going to yeah. die three or four times a week for like six months. Yeah. You, this is your fault. Well, so I have to ask. I mean, I, I have a, m- a morbid curiosity also. I, I listen to tons of true crime, watch true crime. Uh, and I, I don't know when that started. I think it was like uh, um, uh, America's Most Wanted or Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Uh, those, I'm 38. So like seeing those things as a young kid, horror movies, uh, or even just like, um, stand by me, like this obsession with the body on the the train tracks, these kinds of things. Like, so your daughter has this questioning and curiosity about death. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your new special? And, sure. Uh, I'm curious if Amelia was aware of her her uncle passing yeah. away. And- uh, so shortly after I recorded uh, the album, we were talking about my brother died in a car accident. And, uh, we told her, I don't, it didn't make the final special, but when I was touring the show, I talked about telling her and kind of her reaction. So uh, she's just for context. She's about four when she was died? three when it happened. Okay. Uh, and we told her, like we made it a point, uh, cause I went down, I, I live in the same town as my parents. So I found out that morning and I told my wife, I'm like, well, let me go down first because we'll tell Amelia, but she won't understand. So like, she's just going to be excited to be at grandma and grandpa's house. Yeah. And you don't always want like a cute, excited child. So I'm right, like, let me right. just go see kind of what the vibe is. Like I have a general idea of what it's going to be, but yeah. I'll go down first and then bring her down later. And we'll I'll like, I'll meet you out front. We'll tell her together. Mm-hmm. And we did. And she's like, I don't know what that is. Like, yeah. I'm just going to go play in the swing set in the back. I was like, cool. Right, we'll right. come back to this. Yeah. Uh, and then it did kind of hit, uh, kind of in the week after and she, my, my brother wasn't, we weren't super close. She saw him a couple times a year. Yeah. Um, and then maybe like almost a full year after he died, she realized that like, so will she and everyone else. Yes. And that's when she started saying like, oh, well, pop's going to die first. Uh, yeah. He, so that's such a big scary and, and idea idea. So maybe she wanted to create some kind of order yeah. and, and categor, categorize yeah. it or whatever. But she would like bring it up a lot. Interesting. And, uh, it's yeah, it was unsettling. Yeah. Um, but the, the special, uh, I, I worked on kind of since my brother died and I just, I recorded it in when November of last year. I forget. That um, sounds about right. Yeah. Cause that's another thing. Like, and that's something I'll just mention. Like you're a guy, I feel like, I met you when I was hosting Laughing Buddha mics. I yeah. feel like my first vision of you is in the basement of Climate Lounge. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate I or think not. it is. 
Uh, or that's the first time I like remember seeing. It. I'm terrible at people's names and faces, yeah. so like I'll talk to somebody at a show, be like, "Oh, it's been great meeting you." They're like, yeah. "I've known you for about six months." Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I, but I we. Ne- I don't think we've ever been on a show together. I don't. I, I, no, I like, remember like seeing uh, your name at like APCA and NACA and yeah, stuff. And, and then, like, oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen you since NACA Northern Plains or something. I, I don't even remember. But uh, what I want to say is that I feel like we became friends on social media and I've yeah. just observed like all your work and like your vibe in general on social media. And I've always just been sort of attracted to your approach to uh, being a comedian. And uh, it's been so cool to see you self-produce this thing. Uh, And yes, I do remember hearing you work out some of the jokes about your brother and uh, just thinking that is so cool that he is going to like make this thing about such a heavy uh, tragedy. Um, So, uh, so yeah, I guess what I was getting at is, oh, that's why I know it was about November that you recorded it because I just remember thinking that's so cool that he's yeah, doing I was, that. Yeah, I was posting a lot uh, about because yeah. I wanted, we did it at Goose Lodge in Brooklyn, which is mm-hmm. like literally the basement of someone's apartment. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's, it's a really nice venue, uh, but I hadn't been there. I was, I, I reached out because I specifically wanted to do it in like a smaller room. Yeah. Uh, just because of kind of what the material was, it feels weird to do like the classic yeah. special thing of like, well, let me book the biggest venue I can fill and, you know, it'd be a giant stage, right. get audience reactions. And I'm like, it, it feels weird to be like, here's a very sincere joke mm-hmm. about a thing mm-hmm. that's really been affecting me. And then we cut to just, well, let's see what this guy thinks about it. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. care. I talk about it in the special too. I'm like, I, this is a purely selfish mm-hmm. thing. Like yeah. people have told me they've gotten a lot out of it at, after seeing the show. I'm like, that's, I'm glad, but yeah. that wasn't, I'd be lying if I was like, I wanted to do this show to help people. I did, right, right. I did it cause I couldn't, stop myself from telling the jokes I thought of about it. Sure. Uh, and like working it out in sets was tough because yeah. if I'm doing like a five minute spot at like a mic or something, it's pretty easy to talk about one thing for five minutes. Yeah. But then if I go to a college and I'm doing an hour, yeah, uh, it was difficult to like open with 20 minutes of, you know, nice jokes about my kids and how I used to be a science teacher and stuff. And then be like, Oh, but also, uh, we're all going to die. Yeah. And then try to like switch back for like a big finish. Yeah. Uh, so after I tried doing that a couple of times, like I need to do this separately. Yeah. This needs to be a different thing, man. I relate to that so much. Uh, you know, obviously you can't compare these kinds of things, but I've been doing material about, uh, cheating on my wife Mm -hmm. in our fourth month of marriage. This thing happened and I talk very specifically about it. And, uh, there are lots of shows where people just don't want to hear it because they don't want to think about this guy who sort of tricked them, like, cause yeah, I'll open with whatever, we'll get a laugh. I'll be like charming comedian guy. And then I start talking about real shit. And then they're, that makes people think about real shit in their own lives. Right. And it's like, we came to escape our lives. Yeah, like people just come up, go like, they'll, I don't know why I messed up talking so many times in a row just oh, now, cares? but people will go to a comedy show not to see a specific comedian all the time. Like I'm not at a point where people are like, Oh, I want to go see Glenn tickle. They're like, I want to go see a comedy show tonight. What are my options? Right. I guess this guy will do. Yeah. And if they show up just expecting kind of the idea of comedy, when you're bringing up difficult topics, 
that's when they kind of get turned mm-hmm. off. So I opened the show with like an introduction where I was like, this is what's about to happen. Like yeah. you guys, I'm assuming all know, uh, like I don't like the title of the show, which I talk about. Yeah. Uh, which by the way, let's say it's good grief, a yeah. comedy special about being, uh, good grief, a comedy about loss and being bad at it and being bad at it. I love yeah. that phrase. Uh, uh, the, that last part I like, I'm like, it's too long. Good grief is like a, it's too on the nose, but I wanted when I was touring it, I wanted people to understand what what show they were coming to. Yes. Uh, so that they weren't just like, oh, this looks like it's going to be a fun show. And then I'm talking about my dead brother for an hour. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, we hated it because it wasn't what we were expecting. Yeah. Like, if you hate it because you hate it, that's one thing. But, like, I, wanna, I want everybody on board with yes. what's going on. Yeah. Like an agreement of some kind before yeah. the show even starts. And over the weekend, so I screened a 30-minute version of it at a film festival over the weekend. And it was, Congrats. like, in the middle. Thank you. Uh, it was in like the middle of a block of shorts. Uh, and it's, it was like the only stand up thing in the festival and it's in the the program. There's like the title, but nobody's looking at right. that. They're just there to see their friend's movie. Uh, so it starts and like, it took a couple of minutes for people to kind of get caught up with what it was. Uh, I think it was 30 minutes. It was the 30 minute cut because that was the limit for the festival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Having done it, I'm like, I should have cut it down more to yeah. like maybe 15 because it was like the longest thing in the block right. by 15 minutes easily. And just pacing, pacing in general. Yeah. For, for even if you were just showing up your stand up special, it might have felt like better pacing for the overall yeah. show. Like, I don't, it started, there was no intro. It just, here's a bunch of movies. This is one of them. Oh and then like God. after a couple of minutes, people kind of understood. And I included the the introduction bit where I'm like, this is a show about my dead brother. Mm-hmm. It's jokes. You'll have fun. I won't. Here we go. <laughs> um, and then you, you do it. Um, but yeah, see, like, so it was weird to watch. I was, you know, I've seen clips of myself before and I, we perform for audiences all the time. Right. But seeing a clip that was recorded with an audience being watched by another audience. That's surreal. Like, I can't this imagine. is really stressful. Cause like, I know the jokes work. I heard, you can mm-hmm. hear the people in the video laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are the people in the theater going to yeah. laugh? Like it's still just as you know, a comic, you're like, well, I want, I want the joke to land. Right. Like, right. And, uh, I, I edited the special, uh, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I want to make sure I paste it. Right. right. <laughs> like, did I include the right bits? Did, did I it feel like you out? did? Uh, I think so. The half hour cut was a little weird because I had to make some uh, bad editing choices sure, just to like yeah. get things to work. Yeah. Um, so there was a couple times where I was like, oh, I wouldn't have included. And I, and I don't like in the final version, like yeah. uh, it's a different camera angle or a different cut or something. Right. Just, but, but I'm like, just to get it down. Well, one day that'll be the bootleg uh, or like the DVD extra when, you know, when DVDs come back, yeah. uh, you'll have the I'm festival. I'm doing them for this. Uh, That's great. Only because I, I put the option out there with the pre-orders. I'm like, if anybody wants, if enough people pre-order it, I'll yeah. get them made. Yeah. But even with the the album three years ago, I was like, or got four years ago, uh, I'm like, I don't think anybody wants CDs anymore. And right. enough people were like, yeah, no, I absolutely want a CD. And yeah. Like, okay. So and I just, also, it's good to have something to sell after a gig. Yeah. You know, like you can fill your car with gas if like three people buy a CD. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's so cool. And, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, and, and yeah, I'll, in the intro to this episode, I'll, I'll tell people, you know, where they can download all this stuff and we'll remind them at the end also. Uh, but I guess I'm curious with 
this part of your life, like comedy becomes like your whole life, right? Like, so your, your album is like about, about your old career, about having children. uh, And then the second album and special is about your brother passing away. Uh, do you feel like there are limits to what you can mine from your personal life and put out there? Uh, no. Uh, only I maybe before I did a whole special about like the worst thing that's happened in my life, I'd be like, oh yeah, maybe there's stuff I wouldn't want to talk about. But now I'm, yeah, I don't know. I will whatever basically is happening is what I talk about. Yeah. Uh, I. I, I used to describe it as just being lazy. Like mm-hmm. it's easier for me to recount a story of a real thing that happened than to like sit around and think of jokes. Right. Uh, plus like I've been married for a long, like I got married when I was 22. Like I've mm-hmm. been, uh, with my wife pretty much since we were in high school. Um, I don't have like a terribly exciting sure. life. Yeah. So like I go to open mics and everybody's talking about like dating and, yeah. and Tinder. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't have that. Yeah. Uh, well, like, so you mentioned you had a, a dust up with your wife last night. Have you done bits about fights and like, does she ever get uncomfortable with anything you talk about? Um, I don't. I mean, it wasn't like a. I if if I had something funny to say about it, I would. Yeah. But it was just like I don't know. We're a married couple that had an argument about money. Like it, uh-huh. everybody does. Yeah. So like it's relatable, but yeah. like I don't know. Nothing. Nothing struck me uh, about it that's terribly amusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Money, uh, money has been the topic of conversation for Ross and I on this episode for like the last three episodes. Yeah. So if there are any new listeners, uh, here to hear Glenn, uh, and you're married with money issues. Uh, if you want to hear people talk about it very openly, feel free to check those out. So I relate to that. The hard, yeah, the like hard conversations. When I, when I started doing, uh, jokes with my brother and people, uh, after the show, it'd be like, oh, like it, it really helped because like my uncle or whatever just died. Or I remember when my mm-hmm. grandma died, we were at the funeral and we had all these great jokes about it. I was like, oh, all right, so it's not just me. Yeah. Like, um, Did you watch uh, Laurie Kilmartin's special? I haven't. Uh, it came out I it's think hard a, to find. a year after uh, my brother died. And uh, it was shortly after that, like Patton Oswald's wife died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was like a th- third one and I don't remember whose it was but mm-hmm. I was like avoiding them specifically because I'm like well I'm actively developing material yeah, about the yeah. same thing that's uh, so smart because it would be hard to uh, not like compare and despair or like think wait am I writing about this in the right way right like you kind of put yourself in a sensory deprivation I comics tank. say they're like oh I don't watch a lot of stand-up because I don't want to like be influenced by other people I'm so like, yeah. you should like, yeah yeah of uh, course you, yeah. you should know what others are doing yeah but because it was so specific yeah like, yeah uh if like Shane Moss had that uh special about animal behavior mm-hmm. a couple of years ago I'm like if I was actively writing a bunch of jokes about animal behavior I would have not watched that's but right, I'm like oh right. yeah I'm, I'm, it doesn't I talk about my dog sometimes but yeah uh, it's not a topic I yeah address uh but I was like oh no I'm I'm like actively writing about the same thing like I yeah just because if there's anything even close I'm like well I can't do it now yeah even though it'll be it'll end up being a different joke it'll just kind of get in my right. head uh but I've watched patents I haven't uh, and I think I think I went to and I did the same thing like I don't I don't know that you can find it 
Yeah, it's. I think she released it on CISO, and uh, and now it exists. Maybe you can. I tried to buy it on Amazon Prime, but then I couldn't play it on my phone or something. I don't know. It was something weird. Uh, anyway, uh, help me now. Uh, sure. Help me with a couple things. So you were three years into comedy when Amelia came along. Uh, yeah. and it's okay to say names, right? You yeah, say yeah. their yeah, names I, on I, your. I say album. their names. My older one's Amelia. My the baby's Olivia. Yeah. So what? How's my life going to change in June? How will uh, I? This is also true of my second kid. Uh, I kind of dialed back the amount of shows that I was doing mm-hmm. and like touring, um, only because you know you want to be home. Yeah. Uh, or at least I did. I don't know that that's universal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also might be a great excuse to be like, well, I got to leave for three right, weeks. Right. Have fun. Um. But it was mostly like if I was gone for too long, I felt bad. Yeah. And when it was just me and my wife, I, I wasn't very successful yet. I'm not now either, but like I was barely doing any shows where I was like traveling. Yeah. I was just like doing local bar shows. But like sometime I went on like one trip to Nebraska for like a week. And I was like, oh, I missed my wife. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the kid and I was like, oh, like I, I missed my wife and kid. And then when we had the second one, I was like, well, now I just feel genuinely guilty for like leaving my wife with two children to take care of. Um, And how do you split duties? Like today you mentioned before we hit record, you you have to pick up uh, your daughter at 2.30 after school, I assume. Uh, Do you do a lot of that? Like, Uh, Yeah, I do most school drop off and pick up. Um, Obviously, if I'm on the road, my wife just kind of has to juggle both kids in the morning, get her to school. Um, and my, my mother-in-law helps out. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Cause we, li- we live close. Uh, we're in the same town as my parents and my in-laws live about 15 minutes away. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So they're retired. So they watch, uh, they watch the kids a lot, um, which is tremendously helpful. It's yeah. Big reason. We're kind of like stuck in the kind of remote area of New Jersey that yeah, we're in yeah. just cause there's access to easy childcare sure. with, with grandparents. Um, but yeah, so I try to like limit how long I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, I think, like you were talking about, you see like where you have a show and then where you have to be next. Uh, if I was in over the summer, I had a, a couple shows in North Carolina that were like a week apart mm-hmm. um, where it was enough time where I, ver- I could have come home and gone back, but I'm like, I don't want to go to North Carolina, come home for a day and go back to North Carolina. Right. Um, plus I'm my, uh, my best friend lives there. So I was like, Oh, this is like a, I feel bad doing it, Mm -hmm. but this, it feels like I can justify, well, why don't I just go hang out with my friend for a week? Um, cause that like staying with him is cheaper than going home and coming back. You're cutting out two flights. Um, but cause I have the time in between, I'm like, well, I'll go down and see what, what shows I can do. Um, so we did, uh, I did. It was two college shows. I did Good Grief uh, and then a couple other shows at uh, the Pitt Chapel Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. And then, like, was my, Will Purpura there? Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to see him tonight, actually. Oh, cool. Because now he's at the, the Pit in New York. Oh, great. Um, so you're all over. You're, you're heading into the city tonight. Yes. Uh, kind so, of a last minute. He, I saw he posted a thing about having spots open. Oh, and, cool. Uh, I, for reasons, need like a, a tape to submit. So yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like this is the, 
the pit will look better than a, a bar show in sure. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So tell me about that. Like on a night, a last minute show comes up, uh, you know, Olivia, is it Olivia or Olivia? Yeah. yeah. How old is she? She's a year and a half. So you got a year and a half and a seven year old and you say to the wife, Hey, this thing came up. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that didn't cool if I, the, if we had the argument after that, so I'm sure that didn't help, but it right. wasn't about, uh, about that specifically. Uh, Cause yeah, it's a, it's pro I don't know if it's paid or well, it, if, if it is, it's not going to be yeah, enough to yeah. cover me getting in and out of Manhattan. Yeah. You're going to lose money on yeah, this, on but this not gig. a ton. And I'm like, I don't, I need yeah. to do shows. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you're losing money on this podcast, right? right. Now. Like you drove a substantial distance, uh, to donate your time, which I really appreciate, which we didn't even discuss. I didn't say like, Hey, uh, <laughs> there's no budget. Or oh anything. yeah. No, I always, uh, with podcasts, I always just assume. So if you're please download, uh, go to glentickle.com. Uh, you can pay, it says pay fair, fair amount. I think of them. It's like 10 bucks, but there was an option to let people pay, pay more. more. Yeah. So if you're wealthy and you want to support the arts, pay a hundred bucks for this special. Man, I'm surprised because I did hilarious. that with my first album too. Uh, cause I did it through Bandcamp, and yeah. they, they have the same option, but they have like a description of like, Hey, we talked to a lot of artists. It seems like most people don't want to do this, but trust us. Like people will actually pay more than what you're asking yeah, for. Yeah. And I think the album was 10 bucks too. And it was yeah. like, no, it's 20. Yeah. Like, I think more people paid $20 for it than 10. I think the same is true for even a free bar show, like all these free comedy shows. I'm like, if you just put on a good show and then pass around a bucket with like a sincere announcement that like, Hey, we suggest you throw, yeah. throw 10 bucks in there. If you had a great time, like this is better than going to the movies. This was a great show. And a lot of times people want it. Like I've been handed fifties before during that. Yeah. I did know? a show, uh, over the weekend. It was a, like a 2 PM family show at the, the village lantern. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, that Paul's Paul Bennett show. puts yeah. on. And yeah, like they, same thing. Like they made the announcement, passed it around and like they got, I mean, there's a, I think six of us total on the show. So like, yeah, it gets split up. It's not, yeah. a, it doesn't end up being a ton, but yeah, yeah. Like, but I always appreciate that when people put a little effort into trying to make some money. Yeah. I uh, hate doing that announcement. Like yeah. it feels, uh, gross to me. I'm, I'm, I like it because I am, uh, I, th I think I just like, um, I don't know. I think I'm, I feel like I'm a good salesman, uh, which is a little troubling, but, uh, but I, somebody has got to do it. So yeah. I think somebody I don't who think I am is the yeah. thing. Yeah. And like with the, with the album, uh, I ended up making it, you could, I think stream it for free on my site and through Bandcamp. And I think you could download it for free because, uh, I talk about it on, on the album. There was a, like a hundred high school students. Came, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, from a, some high school in the city. And I wanted to give them all copies of it. Oh, cool. Uh, but like to make a hundred CDs and give them away, it was too expensive. Right, like right. I can give a digital copy. Of this. Did you get to the bottom of how that occurred? It was the one, I think I described it on the album. It was like, so you guys, cause I knew they were on like oh, a they're trip in the area. They knew and I was like, night. you just needed another activity and you're like, what's cheap. Cause yeah. I think tickets were like 10 bucks. Yeah. So, and that venue is incredible. I've gotten oh, to yeah. perform there a few I'm times. There uh, a couple times a month. Usually I yeah. was there. Uh, that's, that's where the festival was. It's steel stacks in Bethlehem. Uh -huh. Um, Highly recommend it if anybody is. Yeah, yeah. Liz Russo has very generously had me open for her there twice now, I think. Uh, yeah, she does the, maybe three the annual 
sobriety show. Yeah, she's so great. And uh, what a cool space. Um, so, and, and you recorded there. It sounds amazing. Uh, and yeah, Amelia coming to the stage to do a joke is yeah. hysterical. You also have another guest performer that I don't want to spoil. Maybe this is too much of a spoiler, but it involves a toy that belongs to her, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so talk about this. So in the setup, you explain that it's a toy that you bring on the road sometimes. Yeah. Well, this is back then because uh, you miss your family and you miss your daughter. So you would bring a toy of hers with you on the road to be your travel. I think he buddy. might be in my car right now. That is so <laughs> sweet. Uh have you always been this kind of sentimental, like, oh, kind yeah, of, like the, sensitive? The worst. Like, it's, uh, the setup for it is I talk, I'm like, oh, like, I, I can't bring my baby everywhere. So I started bringing her little toy robot, uh, which somebody got for her at the baby shower. And I don't remember who, we registered for it. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, you go around, uh, I don't know if you've done this part yet. Like, you go around Babies R Us and you just scan a bunch oh, of stuff. Oh, we haven't done that. No. Uh, it's like when you get married. Um, yeah. But we were like done and then there was just this cute little robot by the register. I'm like, well, I want that. Like yeah, that's yeah. adorable. So yeah. I scanned it hoping somebody would get it for my child. And I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry. Yeah. Whichever friend or family member purchased him. Um, but so I was like, oh, that's cute. Like she's a baby. She doesn't care if I take this. Yeah. Uh, so I started bringing him. Uh, it was the first thing I brought him to. I I don't remember if it was, I was doing a couple shows in Nebraska with my friend Pat Jansen or South by Southwest yeah. a couple of years ago for work. I wasn't performing but tell as me a about, comedian. So I'm just curious, like where, like where does that, cause I'm, I'm like on this, like, cause I'm a very emotionally sensitive person. Uh, I, my dad uh, and I are not close. There's no beef, but we just, I've struggled to like feel connected to him and uh, I feel like I'm going to be the total opposite dad. Like, mm. I think I might be too. I, I hope this is the case. Uh, I, before I ever got married and for many years of my drinking and then even in sobriety, I've, I had this fantasy of like being a lone wolf. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have to report to anybody. I don't want to be accountable to anybody. And and like I'd envision this kind of lifestyle. I used to travel a lot for my old job and I liked being on the road, like not having to report back to anybody. Uh, and now uh, what, what changed is getting married and like working through hard stuff in a relationship and feeling so committed to my wife. And then we got a dog like a year ago or 10 months, whatever. Uh, and that making me feel like, oh, this is like my family now. And I'm like obsessed with this dog. And then uh, we tried to get pregnant and it worked. And then it's like, wow, I'm this is truly my family and I love them. And uh, I can't wait for this to be my life. And uh, I feel like I'm going to be like that dad that's like uh, obsessed with them, missing them, wishing I could bring them everywhere. Uh, and it just makes me think about my dad and like, where, you know, what was going on with him when he was my, like when he was my age, he had a 13 year old and a 10 year old. So yeah. my brother when and me and then a nine year old girl. I was 29 when Amelia was born. And at that point in my parents' life, they already had all five of us. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. that's, I still like having two. I'm like, I don't, I can't imagine three more of these lying around. Yeah. Like, right. It's insane to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we, my wife and I were married for seven years before Amelia was born. Yeah. 
sounds about right. Um, but like Which, it was a while and like it was on part where we're like, well, we got married yeah. pretty young and we're like, well, let's, we both want to have kids. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to do it right now. Right. Uh, and then yeah, with, we're like, oh, I think we're, I think we're good now. I think we could probably pull it off. And yeah. So, uh, we did. And then, uh, we talked about when we first were getting married, we're, we both agreed. We're like two seems like a reasonable number of children. Uh, cause I'm one of five. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. too many. Yeah. Less than five for sure. Yeah. Uh, but my wife, she's got like an, a half sister that's significantly older than her. Uh, so they didn't really grow up like together that right. for that long. Um, so she felt like an only child. She's like, well, more than one. So we're like, all right, well, somewhere between two and four. Right. Um, but then the more we talk, we're like, it just two seems manageable. Yeah. And then we had one. I was like, one seems pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's smart and healthy. Like, we're not going to do better. <laughs> like, right, right. We can, we can hope for as good. Yeah. And uh, it's weird because even though my, my baby's a year and a half old, I'm like, they're so very different. They look a lot different. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, I'm sorry. I've been creeping on your Instagram oh, all morning. No, it's, so, uh, uh, it's fine. My If you look at pictures of my older daughter at seven and then like look at pictures of my wife at seven, they are essentially yeah. the same person. Yeah. And like personality wise, it's, uh, they're very much the same. Um, I was, I, I just, I've been working out a new bit where I talk about them being different because we, we wanted to, we have two, but people are still like, you're going to have another. No, yeah. we're done. And yeah. like, you never know. We do. We're adults. We're done. Uh-huh. Uh, and the thing everybody asks is like, well, don't you want a boy? No, because mm-hmm. then I'd have three, and mm-hmm. that's too many. <laughs> uh, but it was it's mostly it's mostly like I'm I'm doing this as a bit instead of having the conversation with my parents to be like, guys, knock it off. Yeah, We're done. yeah, yeah. Um, but they're like, oh, like boys and girls are different. Girls and girls are different. Uh-huh, like my two sure. my two daughters are ve- like my older daughter when that's she a great was premise. when she was little if i picked her up like too high or fast she looked panicked at me like not even like not the thing where you throw them up in the air just like lift her up off the ground a little too quickly she's like huh. yeah yeah my baby uh we were playing a game the other day that i called how high can i throw this baby because uh-huh. uh, i wanted to see and like I stopped in like, this vaulted ceiling hotel room. You could, she would love it. She's like, yeah. cause she likes it when I pick her up so she can touch the ceiling. <laughs> so she like, it would be, I'm six one. It would still, I feel like be kind of a challenge. In yeah. Here. Um, but I stopped cause I got, I was the one who got nervous with yeah. how high she was getting, yeah. like she's barely over my head, but yeah. still she's, a, I don't want to drop her. Yeah. So, uh, the, then the joke is that she looks down at me and goes coward, um, <laughs> which, uh, again, I know I said like, oh, if I say my children say a thing, it's a quote, like she yeah. didn't say it cause she's one, but right. like, she sure looked like she did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, and, she's, and I would argue with the right animal, the right word choice. You're allowed to do that. Cause the word coward is yeah, just I think funny. It's, I think it's implied that yeah. it's not a direct way. And I think the time I've only done it two or three times. Uh, I think I explained that yeah. like, she said it with her eyes. Yeah. Cause there's an, I, the other bit I've been doing, uh, that I say she wrote where, uh, I, I, I explained to the audience that, uh, I talked to my baby about why I have to leave so much. And then I explained comedy and we have a full on conversation, but like she keeps calling me father in it just <laughs> to like really make it clear this is made up yeah. and then uh, it ends with me telling a joke that she wrote, which is just a dumb 
joke written by me and my friend to as wouldn't it be funny if a baby said this right about my wife uh it's the joke i was trying not to do the bit but it's easier uh it's i still remember my first doctor's appointment it was terrible i spent nine months in the waiting room and I'm like it's just a dumb joke <laughs> oh, for a baby fun, though. that's a good biology and math joke. yeah but then i like apologized for lying to the audience i was like but she really did write a joke uh-huh. and then this part's true so she'll take a big sip of water and let it all fall out of her mouth mm-hmm. so i explained i'm Classic. like so she'll take a big sip of water and do this and when i'm saying and do this it all falls out and uh yeah, it's I I don't like the, the how wet I get for the joke, but I'm like she really does it, and somebody's like just because your baby does something funny doesn't mean she wrote a joke. I'm like, but she does it a lot. Yeah, like she we laughed when she does it. She liked like you could see it on her face. She's like, I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. So she does it a lot, and then I take a big sip of water and I don't do it, and I say, but not every time because my baby's not a hack. Uh, <laughs> Got to keep it unpredictable. Yeah, but like no part of that where I'm saying my baby said a thing. She said of she course. didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's clear that she didn't. Yeah. Like it's I'm not attributing some made up story to her to make myself look cool and right, smart. Right. I do. I look like an idiot who can't drink out of a bottle of water. Yeah. Um. I did. Let's, I opened for the Chris and Paul show the other night. Uh-huh. Uh. Who we were? I was talking to Liz Russo with them about mm-hmm. the other night too, because it was at Steel Stacks, and their uh, their tour manager was like, "Do you want a towel? Do you get sweaty?" I was like, "No," but sometimes I do do this bit where I spit <laughs> water out, and I know like they're like a very physical act. Yeah, and I was like, "If you guys don't want me to do it, I'm like, here's the bit. I explained it. I'm like, if you don't want me to do it, I won't, because I know you guys are like on the floor and stuff. And they're like, "No, do it. It's fine." And I'm like, okay, just cause like sometimes there's like a putt and like, no, we don't care. Go ahead. And so I did it. And then I, I was up in the balcony watching the show and every time one of them hit the floor, they did it right on the puddle. Uh. And I'm like, you guys are doing it on purpose. <laughs> like I felt bad yeah. the first time. I was like, oh no, they're aiming at it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, okay. You guys are just nasty. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, it's a very fun show. Yeah. Uh, do you choose at what point during your hour on stage that you decide to drop water all over yourself? Uh, if I'm doing a, a full hour, I try to do it early because then every time I take a sip of water, the audience is yeah. like, is he going to do it? Right. Cause I, I set it up and then I explain that it's not every time. Yeah. Um, but if that's it's good, it also, I, I've been closing on it sometimes if I'm doing a short, like I was doing 15 in front of the, the yeah. Chris and Paul show the other night. So I'm like, Oh, I'll do it at the end. Like it's a yeah. big, dumb visual joke yeah. um uh quick question about amelia coming to see you and not quite paying attention does she get though that like her dad is like there's a specialness to like she does not understand what my job is at all <laughs> that's hilarious she asked me a couple of weeks ago and i've been doing it as a bit where she's like what's your job yeah you, i'm a comedian you know that and she's like no yeah. no, no but like for work <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a true yeah. family member and i'm like you've been talking to mommy yeah because uh, she's like no like i know that you do it but that's not yeah that can't be a job yeah like, no no like it can and is yeah um it could pay better but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i i talked to a cousin last night who i haven't spoken to in like probably five years or something she called me she she got wind that my wife and i are uh, well my wife is pregnant and she called to wish congratulations and the way she phrased the question about comedy as a job was, uh, so is this like the thing thing <laughs> now? Like, are you only doing this? And I was like, no, I do other stuff. You know, I do some video production to make some money and Same. Yeah. Uh, whatever. But uh, this is sort of like 
you know, it's, it's getting there, you know, I'm at uh, like a weird place with it where, uh, like I do freelance video work and, uh, use, I, I did more freelance writing until it's just doing freelance is hard because like tracking people down to pay you and like finding jobs to do is itself like a full-time event. I'm like, I, between the shows and the actual work of doing video and writing, like Mm -hmm. it's hard to do all that on top of it. And Mm -hmm. I have ADD. So like I genuinely like, I will just lose track of like, Oh, I was supposed to email this person to remind them to pay me. Right. And then I don't. And then they don't. I'm like, I, I feel like, somebody owes me $200. Who is it? I can't. Well, congrats on editing your own special as a person with ADD. That is not easy. Editing I find to be, uh, torturous. Editing (laughs) video. Uh, I like editing audio is uh, rough. Yeah. I think because like with, I think with ADD, like having, I can look and see what clip I'm moving, but with audio, it's just the waveforms. Sure. And then I'll make the, make a cut and I won't remember what's on either side of the cut. And, uh, with, with video, it's very easy to be like, all right, well that's the end of that shot. So I'll move it here. Um, it does get a little tedious when it's your own face for an hour from four different angles and you're just like trying to decide the best one. I'm like, it did take a little getting used to, to do that. Cause mostly like I'll, you know, I'll film sets, but it's one or maybe a second camera angle. Yeah. Uh, so you're just kind of, you're not editing as much as just pulling clips, but yeah. this was like, no, I need like to pace the cuts around jokes and punchlines and stuff. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this again about Amelia. So she doesn't get your job. She doesn't get the specialness of it. Uh, did you, when you were a child, what did you think about your dad and his work? And like, what did you know about it? And, uh, was what was your relationship like in general? My dad was a cop when I was born. Uh, I don't remember exactly when he left. Uh, but then I I remember like he had a lawn care business for a while mm-hmm. uh, that I kind of remember him running out of the house. Uh, and I'm like, well, that seems hard. Like he would bring us. I was young enough where like I was not helping because there was I I was not. Qualified, Chop your yeah, damn like, hand off. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, we would go and like hang out at some lady's house while he cut their grass. I yeah. remember a couple of times. Um, and I'm like, well, that seems hard. I don't like that. And I still, I, I hate cutting my grass to this day. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's why. I think it's just because cutting your grass sucks. But, yeah. uh, but then he's, he started working as a security guard and he still does that. But he had, uh, there's a name for the schedule. I don't remember what it is where it's like you work three 12 hour days and then you're off for two days and then Uh you work three 12 and second shift uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's some kind of, so like the days he was off and around, like I never really got a hold of his schedule. Like you're, you're asking the same question. Like, but what do you do for work? Yeah. I'm (laughs) like, you're, I know like, so it, the, the biggest direct impact to me as a child was he would always work holidays cause it was extra pay. Yeah. Uh, and he, I'm one of five kids. So like, that's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, so Christmas, we would always wake up super like three or four in the morning. Oh, cause then he would go to work and then we'd open presents together and then he'd leave for work. We'd yeah. like play with stuff for an hour or whatever and then go back to bed and then wake up and, uh, then he, but cause he woke up. So he'd be back like dinner time ish. Yeah. Um, so for even after he stopped doing that, uh, I would like, we all grew up and weren't home anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
so we would still just like wake up very early and show up at my parents' house. Yeah. And then I remember a couple of years ago, they're like, you don't, we don't need to do this anymore. Right. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you where, guys liked it. I where also, are you in the birth order? I'm the second. Okay. Yeah. So you have three younger. Yeah. Okay. There's my, my older brother, Brian, uh, my sister, Kristen is the middle, the middlest child. Um, my brother died. Mark was the fourth and then Keith, my youngest brother. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking like with your dad and like being aware that like dad's got to work. He's got to make like, that's kind of cool that you just said on the holidays, we'd make extra money. So that means like that language was around, like, you know, your parents yeah. were sort of transparent about like what needed to happen. Uh, I feel like it was probably my youngest brother, Keith would have been the only one. Like, I don't remember ever asking about it, but like, yeah. I knew that's why he was doing it. Yeah. Uh, and that made sense to me, but I feel like my younger brother, Keith, uh, as a kid was like the very sensitive one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm probably the second, like he replaced me as the uh -huh. most sensitive yeah. child. Uh, but I feel like he would have been like, well, daddy, why do you have to leave? Mm -hmm, and he's mm -hmm. like, oh, because daddy's got to get that money. Yeah. I mean, have those conversations happened yet for you? Like, and well, how, do, how do those goes down? Go the down? time, like she, they do like the, like the bit about explaining to my one-year-old why I have to leave. Like, yeah, like I've talked to Amelia about it a couple of times where, uh, it's hard to justify being away from my wife and kids to do like a no money bar show somewhere. Right. Um, and even when it was just me and my wife, I started doing, com I was already married when I started doing comedy, but I went, uh, we, we met in the seventh grade, like we friends all through high school dated, uh, in high school broke up. Uh, got back together in college and then got married. But I went to school for film and like this is like the about, notebook. That's so yeah, good. It, it's, we're adorable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a boy meets world narrative basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, I started talking about oh I'm gonna go to college for film pretty early in high school because my parents are like well you're going to college I'm like yeah. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. like I'd rather just go make a movie and they're like nope you're going I was like all right well then this is what I'm going to go for, I guess. Um, and that was kind of the deal. So I feel like it wasn't a big jump to go from like, I'm going to make movies too. Well, I'm just going to do comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. comedy's way easier, which <laughs> is why, uh, I've, cause I started, uh, cause I couldn't get work. Like I yeah, couldn't sell yeah. scripts. Like we made a movie my last year of college and then I graduated and it didn't have camera equipment yeah. anymore. Where'd you go? Ramapo college of New Jersey. Okay. And beautiful yeah. Mawa. Yeah. Uh, passed through quite a bit. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, you, you get your, you get a college, you know, college tour, like a couple of like one and a half college gigs can like pay the mortgage for the month. So it's like, you have to, you have to take those gigs, right? Like, yeah. Or what I, you know, I, I'm just throwing that number out there, but like, so yeah, you get a gig in Nebraska, like you say to Amelia, daddy's got to go tell jokes. Uh, remember that thing you came with me to in Connecticut that you yeah. didn't pay any attention to? I got to go do that again. I have to do that. And I'll to be a back. couple of places. Like yeah. over the summer I was gone for about, I think it was a week and a half. And that yeah. was like the longest trip I'd done in a while. Um, Cause most of like the, the NAC and APCA events I do are like in the, the Northeast. Right. Uh, I did national this year for the first time. So I did like a couple, like the, I think those were the schools I booked in North Carolina. I uh -huh. took out, went out to Iowa at one point. Yeah. Um, but I, part of it is I actively try to like minimize 
I don't want to be gone for like two months. Right. Shortly after she was born, I had a friend who was a magician on cruise ships and he's like, I have to back out of this contract last minute. So I want to like offer them a replacement. Are you, could you do it? And I was like, well, how long do you need me for They're Like you'd be on a boat for two months. Yeah. Well then no. Yeah. 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 Um, but now I think cause you know, when the kids are small, you just kind of want to be around because yeah. there's stuff yeah. you don't want to miss. Mm -hmm. And now that, uh, you know, Livy's almost two, so like, oh, like, yeah, you're still adorable and I like being around you, but like I can, I yeah. don't feel as bad being away from right. me. I mean, I feel bad, but yeah. I can justify it more if it's like you said, like yeah. a couple college shows pays really well. So it's like, well, yeah, this is just what I have to do. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's good for me to remember too, that yeah, like a couple years is not that long. Like now, like the years fly by, you know? So like if I've got to taper back a little bit uh it's only two years um yeah. i because i can be in this thinking of like well i have a baby and it's going to be a baby for the rest of my life and now i have to retire from comedy and go back to being a tv producer and hate my life again and become a workaholic because i gotta afford the family you know yeah. like i can spin out on all that stuff and uh just talking to you it sounds much more manageable it's so. doable for sure i do feel like uh I've been doing comedy for 10 years. I feel like I'd be a little further along without kids. Holding you back, weighing yeah. you down. Well, like like there's I'm like literal <laughs> children hanging at your feet I'm telling you how like much they love you and you're like, word I, can, it. I can move ahead so much faster. <laughs> I'm trying to word it very carefully <laughs> to not be like, oh, these kids yeah. ruining my career. But like... Uh, it gave, it gave me something to talk about. Yeah, I was going to say, but you know, you know the conundrum of that and the paradox of that. Like if you didn't have kids, you'd be another. Yeah. If you another watch, guy that looks like us talking about uh, like Tinder or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you would talk about. Because I was already like a fairly young married guy when I started, yeah, which yeah. was like sort of interesting, I guess. Yeah. But. I'm now just like a There's guy. There's a ceiling to all those topics. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm a guy in his mid thirties and everyone's like, well, yeah, you, you should probably be married. It's yeah. not, it's not weird anymore. Yeah. But if you watch clips from like the first couple of years of stand up, which I'm, I'm sure everyone will say this like, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. like, I I started trying to do like Hedberg jokes uh -huh. cause he was one of my favorite comics, yeah. but I quickly realized I'm like, I'd have to write so many of these. Yeah. 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 They're so short. So you got to fill out a um, set. How? Yeah. I can't remember all of them. Yeah. Uh, so then I started doing kind of like more story stuff. Uh, but that really hit when my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I was, I, I, I was pretty good when I started out. Like, I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but like I would have quit if I wasn't right. Good. Like I don't, uh, I'm th the kind of personality where like, if I'm not good at something immediately, I yeah. don't pursue yeah. it. Um, only because I get frustrated and, and it's not it fun. It is the kind of art form where it does help a lot if you're a funny person. And yeah. if you're a funny person, you can kind of get going pretty quickly. Yeah. So I wasn't great and like, you know, bombed, I'm sure, as much as anybody. But I was like, well, no, like I know that these jokes work. Yeah. More often than they don't. Right. Uh, so I, I stuck with it. But then after my kid was born and I started doing jokes about that, then those jokes worked a lot better. And I was like. Oh, because the relate p audiences, most audiences have kids and they relate right away. They're like, um, oh, he's one of us. I think so. But then like I do a lot of colleges and I've never heard this from my agent. And I feel like he wouldn't have signed me if he felt this way. But he's like, you can't do jokes about your kids right. at colleges. Well, my theory about that is uh, like if you do jokes about 
oh, my, my parents growing up were like this yeah. or I have a kid and they're like this. It's like, we can all relate to having parents or being a kid ourselves. And yeah, and yeah like, yeah, that's how I, I mean, I think I talked about it in the last NACA set that I did where, cause it was, uh, I won't, I won't name him or the agency, but it was another college agency. He's like, so they, sometimes there's like a late night event where everyone's like going to the bar to hang right, out right. a little bit. I was at one of them and it's a guy I'd seen a couple times of these. Like I knew we know each other by name. Yeah. Uh, and he it was a little drunk. He's like, I don't understand how you get booked. And he's like, what you, the fuck? you can't do jokes about being married and having kids. He's like, these students aren't married and don't have kids. I'm like, well, some of them are and yeah. some of them do. Yeah. But also the rest of them are aware of basic family dynamics and have seen children. And like, also now that I've done a bunch of these schools in places that are not on the coasts, like most of them want to just graduate, get married and have kids yeah. and just have like a life. They're not all trying to become met, comics or artists or whatever. They're like nice down yeah. home, uh, probably conservative, but like in a social way, like, and it's all good. I like, I like it. Uh, so I screw super that guy. love performing at colleges. Yeah. Like I, I do a lot of like knack and napka events where like the other comics that I'm talking to act like it's such a chore yeah, as like, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I have better shows at a college than a club almost yeah. every time. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, it's a testament to, uh, like I said, like your album, there's some twisted stuff on there, but it's like good, clean fun. Like you're a clean yeah. comic and that that's great when you can look at the world in a unique way that is, uh, uh, a little bit twisted, a little bit yeah. dark. That's the and biggest, like uh, you have a, you have a sex joke on that album. That is one of the most brilliant sex jokes I've ever heard that I don't want to spoil. Even it's, it's talking about, uh, your first quote unquote kid with your wife or, or maybe it was your second, it's about, it's about a sex position and it's just uh, so, yeah. it's so funny. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, how do I figure out how to do that? Cause I talk a lot about sex and I would, I would say there are a lot of people who think I'm a clean comic just based on yeah. how I look and the way I speak. Uh, but like most of my material can get pretty raunchy, not a, for my college show, but, um, uh, my point is that you, uh, you're just nailing like the perfect balance of like being smart and interesting, clean, but also like, uh, talking about life in sort of like a edgy, edgy way. Like, thank you. I yeah. try. I feel weird calling myself a clean comic cause it does. I feel like it still has like a negative connotation in most people's eyes. Yeah. And like, if I'm doing a bar show and everyone's drunk, like I'll swear in a joke, like conversationally, like the way I would do talking. Yeah. But I can also just not do that part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I just filmed a dry bar special, uh, the beginning of the year. That's Thank so you. Cool. But they send, they're like very clear about what they mean by clean, which mm -hmm. most people are not. They're like, yeah. Oh, you have to do this show clean. You're like, okay, what do you mean yeah, by that? Yeah, There's so many. Yeah. I always ask at colleges. Uh, I, I specifically ask whoever booked me. I'm like, is there anything I shouldn't say or talk about? Right. Because that opens them up to like, topics as well as just like, well, yeah, don't curse. But if you're like anything I shouldn't say, that's like specific words or talk about, they're like, well, yeah, don't do, we're a Catholic college. Don't do jokes about sex. Right. Like, right. I won't. Yeah. Um, it helps that like 
being 10 years in, I have enough material where suddenly if I'm at a school and like, I'm planning to do the bit with my daughter's toy robot and they're like, no robot jokes. <laughs> yeah. You and can I'm take like, that out. You'll be fine. Yeah. I'll just, all right. I won't, yeah. I won't do it. And then I'll ask after I'm like, why not robot jokes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, for whatever, like, yeah. uh, the most specific one was, uh, I couldn't do jokes about, I think it was, they were, they said concrete. Cause there was like a, a wall on campus that like oh, broke Oh, and I, I always ask, I forget until like literally right before I get in, like I wait too long to ask. I should ask sooner than I do. Yes, yeah. But also I know that I, I work clean and I'm like unoffensive. So it's usually like a formality. Right. But then I talk to them after and they're like, it's, it's just, it fell down. It's a whole thing. We're all just kind of sick of hearing about it. And I was right. like, Oh, okay. So it's kind of the thing where like this happens at steel stacks a lot because, uh, out the window of most of the places you're performing, you can see the blast furnaces of Bethlehem right. steel. Uh, and every touring comic who comes through like talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, everyone Which from is, the area who shows up like yeah no we've all heard the and that's so interesting because you would assume that like yeah that's hacky at this point yeah Do they have a lot I of comedy shows? shows but john oliver did the best job of it I yeah think, of the acts that i've seen there oh that's cool but i don't, I don't remember specifically what his joke was about it yeah uh, well, I want to wind down here. We're, sure. we're, we're across the hour mark here. Uh, one more like advice question. Uh, so last night, Ross and I, we watched The Bachelor together. Okay. Uh, we were FaceTiming uh, and texting. Uh, we are just shit talking the show. We're like calling each other, check in, doing commercial breaks. Uh, and it was fun. It was like a fun way to spend a couple hours with my wife remotely. Uh, do you ha do you do anything like that with the kids? Are you FaceTiming on a schedule when you're on the road? Uh, we, like I, I do specifically try to like do video calls. Uh, my daughter usually just kind of takes them over. Like I'll video call my wife. And then once Amelia knows like, Oh, daddy's on, she like runs over. Cause there's games in Facebook messenger mm -hmm. that you kind of only get to play in that context. Like you yeah. can't like open it up. I can't like give her my phone and be like, here, so we go, go play the weird cat game that you yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she gets very excited about those. So I'll be like asking her about her day and I'm trying to do it while we're playing whatever the dumb game is. And she's just like ignoring me cause she's excited to play yeah, about the game. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice cause like she's very excited to do it. And, yeah. uh, we talk a little bit, but then after a while it's like, all right, daddy's bored of this game. Put mommy back on the phone. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. So we do do that. Um, uh, but now, especially now that we have two kids, like I, Sometimes it's just, it's not a good time for video call because my wife's trying to give them both a bath or something. Right. Yeah. And, and then I have to get on stage and then by the time I'm done, it's going to be too late. So it doesn't happen. But, yeah. Um, like my worst fear is the cats in the cradle song, you know, like yeah. if you ever listen to the lyrics to that, it's like, it's just like this like constant, like, uh, it's not the best time right now is sort of like, yeah. which is how I felt about my dad sort of being vaguely unavailable. If he was there sort of emotionally unavailable. And then he just also was around rarely. Uh, so I worry about, uh, yeah, like constantly being like, Hey, I'll be, I'll be back in a couple of days. Then we'll play. Yeah. And I can get so busy, you know, like, I try, like when I'm home, I do try specifically to like be home. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. It, it's pretty, especially when you're doing like freelance stuff, like if I'm trying to get work done, like sometimes it is like, all right, leave daddy alone. I got to finish editing this video. Yeah. But, uh, like that's all, like I, I pick her up and drop her off for school. Uh, 
so that I can do that. Like yeah. it feels like a concrete thing of like, oh, all right, at least at the end of the school day, almost every day I pick her up. It's like uh, you and her time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, we live five minutes from the school, so it's not a ton of time, but it's like, oh no, like, yeah, daddy will pick me up from school. Yeah. And then the days where it's somebody else, it feels like a treat. Like yeah. when my mother-in-law picks her up, she gets so excited because yeah. it's something different and because she loves my mother-in-law. But, yeah. um, that's so sweet. Sounds like you're, you're killing it. You're, you're keeping really wow. good equilibrium. Uh, you, you haven't disappeared. I think, uh, I've, I have friends who like talk a lot about work-life balance cause they're like w- way more focused on work. And I'm like, I, I, if anything should focus more on work. <laughs> like that was kind of the topic of, <laughs> of the argument yeah, last night. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, no, I get it. But like, I don't know. I'm around. When does dry bar come out? I don't know. They don't tell you. Because They're just kind of like... They have an insane reach and people are so hungry. Like, again, like, like I have family up in Rochester. I believe they're in Rochester who love Brian Regan. And yeah. they are, I believe they're Jehovah's Witnesses. These are like second cousins, like my mother's cousins. Mm-hmm. There's this whole like 15 person part of my family that I don't know well. I see them like once every 10 years at this reunion. And the last time I saw them, uh, somebody mentioned that I was a comedian in New York and they were like, we love Brian Regan. Every time he comes up here, we always go. I think they mentioned once saying that, yeah, we went to church and then went to his matinee show after church. And it just got me thinking about how that market is so hungry for funny, clean comics. And I'm sorry, I keep talking about clean comedy, but like, no, it's, uh, I am that when, it's when just, I feel bar, weird saying it about myself. When dry bar comes out, like you're going to be fine. Like, I hope so. I, like I, that's, I'm, I'm excited for you. I hope I'm not like juicing you they up. Pay, with, uh, I, I don't think I'm allowed to, like contractually to say, but like, pretty well like yeah. for just to go out and do the show well, not like, even about the the pay for that but you're just gonna that's win this whole kind of like i would have done it just to, like i like performing comedy like i'll go pretty much anywhere yeah uh i i can never remember who gets the original attribution for this but they're like oh i i get paid to travel to like wisconsin uh-huh. i do the shows for free yeah yeah i'm like yeah like the part where oh, i'm standing on stage for an hour talking it. about my kids like that's that doesn't feel like work right. when I have to drive nine hours to central Maine. Like, yeah, yeah that's a bit of a, yeah. a, a task. Yeah. Especially I had to do it at the end of February, which felt like a dare, Ooh. but yeah. Well, thank God, uh, climate change. Uh, yeah. We had a very lovely trip up and then it was like a, a wintry mix on the way home and just oh, okay. windy as hell. But yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm kind of, ho- cause I don't, I, other than colleges, I don't do a ton. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, part of it is like, I feel I'm not, a good salesman. Like I don't like really pushing myself that hard. So the thing where it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, I forget who told me they're like, Oh, I email five bookers a day. I don't know. 35 bookers. Like, yeah. Yeah. And even if I did, there'd be like two of them that I'd be comfortable asking for spots. Yeah. I, I've been trying to, uh, when I approach bookers, even if it's bar shows, I just say, Hey, do you take, uh, submissions or pitches? Like I ask first, uh, to try to make it, give it some semblance of like, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I do want to do your show, you know? So it's like finding that balance. Cause I do get, because uh, I book a show, which please come do uh, in Astoria, Queens once a month. I used to book a, t- a bunch of shows and I would get all the boilerplate templated Facebook messages, sometimes the wrong name cut and pasted yeah. into the, hey, hey, Jim, I, I would love to do your show in Astoria. I'm like, uh, you know, and and I resent those. But at the same time, yeah. I have to respect the hustle because I know so many people who, who like 
who do that. And I was like, good for you. But also like, you're so bad at jokes. (laughs) Right. Right. Like it's frustrating to see some of the people I know get booked so much. We're like, they're nice enough and they're not terrible. It's not like, oh, I find your material. Like, I don't want you to work because I hate you. It's just like, how? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the proportion of like admin to creative is something I, I have to be careful about because again, I'm good at sales. So I could spend either the rest of my eight hours today, uh, sending emails or I could work on parts of my show that need work. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've got to do both, but I need to like, I find if I put in an hour of like really focused, creative writing work, uh, I feel way less guilty about the few hours yeah, of I admin stuff. I have the opposite problem where like I'll be working. I, I was really dragging my feet uh, finishing the special just because it's like a difficult topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even like when I was working on it, most of the jokes were done like the week my brother died. Uh, wow. And it was just kind of like maybe rewording them, figuring out the order, what other stuff would fill out an hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard to like sit down and be like, all right, comedy about my dead brother. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Uh, so that was just like a coping reaction, right? Yeah. I guess it just, it just started like some people would, um, I guess write like a journal entry or poetry or something, but it just started. Yeah. I just kept thinking about, jokes. I just kept thinking of jokes and then I started texting them. I, I, for, I have the notes app on my phone that I use for, for jokes. And then I started putting them in there. Uh, but the idea of like, Oh, well now I got to go perform them. Like didn't, hit for a while yeah but i had then i'm like i saw how many i had i started texting them to my friend uh jason brown because he's like i met him the first night i i did an open mic like we've been friends for a decade uh and seven years at that point but also like i don't know i'm trying to think of the nicest way to say he's kind of a bad person (laughs) like if i sent him a joke about my dead brother he wouldn't be like how dare you yeah (laughs) he'd be like okay yeah uh but then after a while he sent one back and I was like, no, oh, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, like, I know you're trying to help, but yeah. that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just have to listen to these and tell me that they're good. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was two weeks after it happened. I was like, I should probably, like I hadn't done a show, which, you know, two weeks isn't a terribly long time, but uh, I was like, I won't go up again. But like, it feels weird to just go do like jokes about my kid when this is kind of the only thing I'm thinking about. Right. Right. Uh, so I did all of the jokes and I recently, I didn't think to check before the special or I might've like tried to include it in some way, but I have the audio recording of the first time uh, I went on stage oh, wow. after my brother died and did all the jokes. Yeah. And like some of them are like almost word for word how they are in the special. There's a few that like, even if I post the cloud, I would take out just yeah. cause like, uh, they're a little, uh, a little too far or like just not funny or like too sad or like too much for other people to process. Yeah, like, there was like one. sometimes it does like uh, with the, the personal stuff I do, sometimes it does feel like some of them are for me. And some of them, if, if I feel rejection from the audience, they're like, we don't want to hear about you and your sexual proclivities because you cheated on your wife. So we're not going to laugh at any yeah. of this stuff. Uh, so I'll start delivering jokes as an attack at them. It's like, Oh, you didn't like that? Well, let's, let's do this one. That's even more uncomfortable. And I'm like sort of angrily like, yeah. like I look and sound like I normally do, but I'm like really trying to inflict pain on them. And some jokes can be so uncomfortable for people. And I, I guess, yeah, you have to find I talk that. about it in, 
in the special pretty openly, like kind of how the jokes worked while I was touring them. Because mm-hmm. uh, the the people who've seen the show or like the half hour cut that I just screened, they're like, oh, like it's like you're very open about a lot in this. And I think obviously like I'm talking openly about my brother's death and like my own grief about it, but also like just the comedy part of it. I think I'm more open than I've, I've seen uh, other people do where it's like, here's a joke. Here's why people don't like it sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you guys are going to like it. Yeah. Uh, Because that I do even before that, like I do the thing with the, the toy robot where like that bit works because of, how I explain it. Where yeah, like, yeah. uh, I, I talk about how I bring this cute toy with me cause I miss my kid. So that immediately gets everybody on my side. I'm like, oh, I've also gone to great lengths to like program him to have jokes, uh-huh. uh, which are pretty, uh, they're, they're hilarious. They're like laffy taffy jokes basically. But, but there's a darkness to those too. Yeah. It takes uh, a turn. At the, 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 the final line is so good. And I, uh, I think that I mean, you could you could ha- you could shoot a whole pilot. You could animate a whole pilot yeah. about this. Oh, there's a script for it. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, there's. Uh, no, it's a. I think it's a web series. It, it was one of the yeah. things I was working on before my brother died. Where I'm like, well, now this feels silly. Yeah. But How now soon that was his death after your album, like re- after the three taping. weeks. Oh my like, god, that's pretty, so. That is so. Uh, that's I think we so recorded crazy. Two and a half. Yeah, it was May 26th. I think we recorded. He died June 12th. Wow, God. I am so sorry. So it was, uh, uh, the line in the show is like, well, he died at an inconvenient time for me personally. (laughs) Uh, because like between recording and release, like I, I had to like promote it and like go out and do like, I couldn't just be like, well, it's done. I'm just going to, you know, go hide in a tent for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I still had to go out and do shows, which was tough. Uh, which I think kind of led to the show of like, well, if I didn't have to do shows right now, I would probably have dialed it back more than I did. But I mean, after two weeks, I was like, no, I got to go do this show. I I just have to get on stage again because it's what I'm used to. And uh, like all the jokes are kind of a defense mechanism. Sure. Uh, So like, oh yeah, like, I mean, I have all these jokes. I got to tell them to people. Yeah. Um, But then I had college shows that I booked, which we talked about like pay well. So I'm like, it would be just financially irresponsible to be like, Oh, I can't do these. And it was a lot. It was like the, the densest tour I think I've done. Uh, cause now like a lot of schools aren't like block booking, right? Which I don't yeah. know if listeners are, it's, they book like if you're five schools that are kind of close together in, in like yeah. Bangor, Maine, they'll book a comedian a couple days apart. So that comedian only has to go up there once and then do those shows over a week and then go home rather than going back and forth five times. And they can pay you a little less. Yeah. Like, Uh, so as a performer, that works for us. Cause like, Oh yeah, I will charge you less money because I don't want to go back and forth to Maine five times. Like I'll go up there. Great. Yeah. But, uh, fewer schools seem to be doing that. I got lucky on this one. That's what I'm doing right now. Uh, five schools in four days. And it was because this one guy from one of the community colleges was like, no, we let's make this happen for yeah. him. Like we really like him. You're going to like him too. And this guy, Norman, like he, I, I want him to be my agent now. Like he <laughs> like totally killed it. So, 
Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we gotta, I gotta go. Uh, please do check out glentickle.com. Order this special. Uh, listen to the album on Spotify or buy it on Bandcamp. Uh, it's so good. It's on Circus Trapeze Records. Yeah. Which is uh, your own label. Which I, now yeah, has I always say releases. it's not a real label and I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I had the realization the other day when I listed all the albums that I've produced. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, no, I do. You do. This is kind of a legit thing now. You've got Madeline Smith coming out yeah. on it. Yeah, Madeline She's Smith so and Ricky funny. Glore have albums coming out on it this year. Yeah. Uh, I just put a showcase album out with, uh, I, I, I have a, two tracks on there, but like it's a couple of friends That's because so cool. I know like a lot of people who aren't necessarily ready to do an album, but like they're great for 10 minutes. So yeah, why not yeah. get five of them on a show? Yeah. That's so um, great. Yeah. It's been surprising. Yeah. Like, like Ricky reached out to me. I wrote a thing about how I produced my album and he's like, I want to do an album on your label. I'm like, well then you didn't read the thing close <laughs> enough. Cause it's all about how you don't need a label to do it and you can just do it. And he's like, yeah, no, but I really want to. And I was like, yeah, again, like it's, I've mostly just worked with friends that I know. Cause I feel like, well, if I don't know what I'm doing and I screw up a deal with like a friend of mine, they like, it's people I'm comfortable with, but they can be like, Hey, I feel like I should be getting more than I'm getting on this. I'm like, fair point. Let's, you know, rework it. But with people I barely know, I'd be like, Oh, I don't think we'd, they'd be that right. candid, but I've done enough of them now. Where I'm like, no, no, this seems like a fair deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so inspiring that you're, you're juggling your, all these plates, p- plates are spinning. Uh, and like you keep creating stuff and like, uh, the kids haven't weighed you down or held you back. Uh, a little the, bit, the, but yeah, <laughs> but, but I think like, the trade-off is as much as any it. other business, right? Like even if we were roofers, like having a kid would yeah. complicate things, right? So I was a roofer for exactly th- two or three days. I don't remember. That's it's funny. Me, me too. That was my timing as yeah. well. Cause I got, uh, insane sun sickness and I got so nauseous, uh, being up on that roof. It was horrible. My friend's dad owned a roofing company and like he had a bunch of guys quit on him. So he asked all of, like, we were just hanging out and he's like, do you guys, can you come down and finish this job? And I'm like, we don't know what we're doing. He's like, you're just throwing stuff, like throwing garbage off of a roof into a dumpster. It's like, Oh God. The worst blisters on my hand from like (laughs) the crowbar scraping off old shingles. Um, well that, that feels like a fun little, uh, weird note to end on that. We were both roofers once upon a time. (laughs) So, uh, yes, I implore you check out glentickle.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to make sure people know about March 13th, the special is available. Yeah. It'll, Um, it'll be released, uh, on glentickle.com and circustrapeze.com. It will be out on Amazon and some other places, but I don't know that it will be out on that day on those places because that's out of my control. Yeah. And who cares about that? We want to support people making stuff yeah, on their I'll make own. no so money like, if you watch it. On, I'll make yeah. four cents maybe yeah. if you watch it five times on For Amazon. the love of God, for the love of Glenn's family, his two beautiful daughters and his wife who doesn't want to talk to him about work anymore. So <laughs> buy his stuff. Look for him on Dry Bar Comedy. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know when that will be out, but yeah, soon, I hope. Well, Not too soon to the special, but... yeah. Dude, thanks for doing this. This thanks is for uh, me. this is great. Made me feel good to talk to you and uh yeah, best of luck with uh sure, everything. I, I hope I've helped. You have. All right. Thanks. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like bang bang. <laughs>